0: This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and always, I'm really glad that you joined us. Before we get started on this next conversation, I just want to give a quick content warning that the rest of the hour, we're going to be talking really frankly about grief, about mental health, and processing the trauma of losing a loved one. You know, since the COVID-19 pandemic began, young Americans are experiencing grief and loss more than they ever have before. A CDC survey from one year ago at the height of the pandemic summer found that 25 percent of young adults had seriously considered suicide in the past year. And though we associate grief with the loss of a person, of course, it doesn't end there. Young people can grieve lost experiences or memories, too. And through the collective loss and grief that so many people are facing, there may be a silver lining emerging from this wreckage. And that is the momentum and increased public awareness around talking about our mental health. It's part of the reason that I'm so excited today with, to talk with the host of a new podcast produced by WDET and Science Gallery Detroit. It is called The Science of Grief, and it explores the stories the science, and the solutions around grief and mental health. Joining me now is the host of this new podcast, Natasha T. Miller. Natasha, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Uh, thank you for having me. Good morning to you.
0: Yes. And we also have Bonnie Wheeler here for the conversation as well. She is a recently retired licensed counselor for the state of Michigan and licensed social worker with more than 40 years of professional Experience. She specializes in grief and loss and worked with young people specifically for the last 15 years. Bonnie, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Natasha, I want to start with you Uh, as the host of this podcast. I wonder if you can talk about your personal journey with grief and how it brings you to this work.
1: Absolutely. So my, my personal journey with grief started in 2013. My brother Marcus, who was uh, a year older than me, was was murdered in Detroit. He was shot uh 15 times on the west side of Detroit. And it was a very, you know, traumatic time as as one could imagine. My brother was uh he was killed three days after Christmas, three days before New Year's. Um And then he was cremated on my birthday and his funeral was the day after my birthday. And then his birthday came up 11 days after that. You know, we, we were as close as close can be shared the same mother, same father, you know, we, we, we did everything together. We were what I would consider um, best friends and the moment he was, he was murdered, you know, my life was, was shaken. And um, as a woman, as a black woman from, you know, the inner city of Detroit, Grief was something that I had not yet really acknowledged experienced in the way that I was experiencing it or, um, you know, mental health was a conversation I hadn't really had to address. Mm. So, you know, I'm. I'm dealing with this this new feeling of of lingering, what I think is is sadness. But then I realized, you know, everything in my life has changed from the moment that he he died, up until a few years later when I recognized that it was I had to do something about the grief that I was experiencing. So, you know, as most of us do, I talk to my friends about my brother all the time and my family members. And I got to a point where I felt like I was exhausting people, even though I'm sure that I probably wasn't. You know, they were probably there for me with open arms. Um, But I decided that there had to be a space that I needed to create where other people could be in community with people who are feeling similar feelings to theirs. So I created this program with the DIA called the Science of Grief, which is a 14 hour program that ran for three years where people were able to come all throughout the night from 9 p.m. until 7 a.m. and just get on stage and talk about some sort of grief that they were experiencing mm-hmm. over some sort of loss that they had experienced in their, um, in their life. And at the same time, we had clergy and therapists and you know mental health counselors and whatever people would need to get those resources to do with grief post-science to grief. But yeah, that's that's the basis of it. You know, I lost my brother. Things in my life changed drastically. And, and I just realized that if I wanted to really stay here and stay sane, um, that I had to do something about about the grief. Hmm.
0: And and your focus here on young people. Uh, talk about why that's important and especially why that's important given what we've all experienced in in the past year.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, even before the, the pandemic, I'm a, a poet and I would go into high schools and teach uh, poetry, you know, to to young adults, to high schoolers. And um, I would notice and I, I have a line in one of my poems that, that says, um, two days after my brother died, I peeled myself out of bed to go and teach poems to 10th graders. And a week later, a girl who had just lost her mother left a note on my desk and only read, thank you. And I realized that during that moment, that there were just so many young adults in these high schools that were dealing with grief that was beyond a lot of us. Um, and it wasn't being acknowledged. You know, I would I would be mad at these kids for not showing up and and not coming to after school programs to learn how to write poems. And then I had to check myself and realize these kids had lost so much at so such a young age, and nobody was acknowledging it. So how dare, how dare I think that they should be there for something, you know, um, so trivial. So once I started to realize that, I started to Really shift my focus and say, "Hey, we we need to we need to speak to these young adults. We need to give them a voice in the conversation of grief." And then the pandemic happened, and I and I and I took it a step further, you know, with this podcast because I also realized, you know, these young adults not only are they, lo- are they losing their parents, you know, they're losing as you spoke about these moments. They're not going to prom, they're not going to graduation, they're not having that human and that social interaction. There's so much that's lost, and it's easy for us to acknowledge our loss as adults, and it's easy for us to just push their to the side, and, and I say it as someone who's raising uh, a twelve year old who lost his father. Obviously, my nephew and his mother is in prison for eight years. So I'm thinking about his loss that I deal with every day, mm-hmm. and how I have to acknowledge that within my own losses and my own grief, and be present for it. So for me, it was like, no, you have to be present for these for these younger adults. You can't write them off. You can't just say that you know whatever they're experiencing is not real to them because they're they're too young to really process it. That's what you should acknowledge is that. Absolutely. They are probably too young to process it on their own. So from high school, you know, teaching poetry to 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 the pandemic, I just realized that uh, there's there's a blind spot that we've all kind of been missing out on. And I wanted to make sure that um that I entered that that conversation with these young adults and address their mental health and their grief.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the first episode of the podcast, uh, a young man named Aaron Birch shares the story of losing his mother. COVID nineteen, after a fifty one day flight uh, in the hospital. Uh, in this clip that we're going to listen to now, he remembers the last conversation he had with his mother in person.
2: The last you know conversation that you know I I had with her in person was it was April sixth of last year, and um, I had taken I had taken yeah you know, my kids over to uh, over to my parents' house because it was my dad's birthday and. Um, and then my mom came out and and you know saw me saw my wife Sada and both the kids and you know I remember just you know, just sitting in the car you know watching her look at you know look at my youngest daughter through you know through the window and you know the tears well up in her eyes because I know she just wanted to hold them and tell them that everything was going to be all right and that and that their nan, her, their Nana loved them very much and they and they couldn't and she couldn't wait to
0: to have some dinner with them again. Mm. Uh, Bonnie, um, you know, in addition to providing an outlet for people to talk about their grief as guests on this podcast, I, I feel like there's also a real therapeutic effect that comes just from listening to other people process through their grief in this, uh, in this, in this podcast. Can you talk about how, Witnessing the grief of others can create a sense of community for people who are going through that process uh, in their own lives.
2: Oh, absolutely. The, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think it helps normalize grief, that grief is something that we all experience. And when you listen to someone else talk about theirs, you know, I, ideally it could be in, in person, but I in a podcast or in what, whatever form, it validates you and goes, oh, I'm not crazy, because our culture hasn't um, been really good at talking about grief, or uh, there's no Grief 101 for kids. What these um, conversations do is really bring it out that this is a normal part of life, and it's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. But knowing that other people know the language and know the feelings, when you talk to or listen to other people who are grieving, it lightens your own load some because you're sharing the load. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably enough. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: So, so Bonnie, I also want to get you to talk just a little about – Something that I think is related to grief, which is which is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Which I, I, I feel like what we've experienced in the last year, in particular, as a community, mm. right? That that even if you don't know somebody who died of COVID, if it's not a family member that you lost, uh, the collective loss that we've all been experiencing, the collective fear. That we've all been living under has its own kind of uh, communal grief effect, and and I, you know I have to say that that uh, that what I feel right now is a form of shock and uh, displacement, emotional displacement from the things that have happened over the last year, and I and I feel like that's something that's really common right now, and. And uh, the voices in this podcast, um, you know, they raise the hair on the back of my neck in a way um, that I'm not sure they 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 would if I weren't feeling that way. And I think, uh, you know, the timing of this is is good for that reason. But it's also uh, it's also important to note that that communal resonance of of those feelings that that uh, there is a form of PTSD that I think. We're all experiencing.
2: I think you're right in that that uh, there's so many, so many losses on so many levels, and um, I, I've talked to several people in the last month who are, as things are opening up, it's it's actually kind of frightening. Like, oh, can I come out? Because there's the fear of of retraumatization, which PTSD is. And one of those things that's part of it is a hypervigilance about the dangers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that you're right. That's a communal feeling of all the people who have been through this and taking care of yourself in so many ways. I I mean, I think my most common sentence is uh, be gentle with yourself through this Mm -hmm. because, you know, this is not an easy thing at all. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the PTSD, one of the best treatments for that is learning how to self-regulate because what happens, like you say, the tingles in the back of your neck, uh, that tells you you're about to be on hyper alert and learning how to pay attention to that and calm that down so that you can deal with what's going on in the present. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Natasha T. Miller. She's a poet, activist, and community engagement manager at the Science Gallery Lab Detroit. She's also the host of the new WDET original podcast, The Science of Grief. We've also got uh, Bonnie Wheeler with us. She is a recently retired licensed counselor for the state of Michigan and licensed social worker with more than 40 years of professional experience. We're talking about grief uh, grief especially as it's experienced uh, by young people over the last year during the pandemic, uh, grief as it is experienced throughout our community uh, over the last year and how we deal with that. Uh, if you want to give us a call and join the conversation, uh, tell us what the grieving process has been like for you over the last year. did you lose somebody during the pandemic even if you didn't lose someone, uh, tell us about the other kinds of emotional tolls uh, you felt that the pandemic uh, took on you. Uh, are you somebody who has had to turn to therapy or counseling for the first time in the last year? And if you have, is it something you talk about openly with friends and family? Is it something that you're finding helpful in moving on from uh, this, this collective grief that I think uh we're all experiencing. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to uh, the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. Um, Natasha, I want to talk just a little about um, what's happened in communities of color over the last year Uh, of course here in detroit uh, the pandemic looked really different than it did in in other places um talk about the onslaught of grief that's been felt and experienced by so many people in our community over the last year and as a black woman what the past year has been like for you
1: yeah you know as as a Black woman, the the past year has been nothing short of, of traumatic, you know, to be honest. And I live here in, in Detroit. I'm a native Detroiter. And just sitting at home, looking at, you know, the TV screen and watching the numbers just go up and up and up in, in Detroit, you know, and not from people just catching COVID, but from people dying from COVID and then looking on Facebook and, and having to, recognize that these aren't just Numbers. These are actually these are people. These are humans, and these are people that I know. You know, when I'm looking and I'm seeing that that we lost, you know, Marlo Stoudemire, and I see that we lost Brenda Perryman, and then I, I have a close friend, Omari Barksdale, who mm-hmm. lost his sister, you know, Lanika Barksdale. Mm-hmm. And this is this is just tearing me up because I'm I'm like these are people that we will never see again in Detroit. These are people who were leaders uh, in, in Detroit who created pillars and monuments in Detroit, and they're just another number to the rest of the world. And we're being ignored on top of the, the trauma and the pain that Detroit has experienced forever or black Detroiters have, you know, have experienced forever. So it was it was traumatic. And then I'm thinking while I'm looking at these faces and I'm looking at these numbers, I'm thinking, I hope the next number is not my mother I hope the next face is not my auntie I hope it's not my uncle and you know and that and that's stressful you know I woke up every day just hoping that you know I didn't get the call that someone in my family was was intubated someone in my family but I had family members who worked in hospitals who were telling us these stories about you know how how the hospitals were overloaded and and it was it was hard and I would say you know I even the opposite quite the opposite I lost my therapist not to death but um She wasn't really taking any uh, FaceTime sessions. So I felt I was isolated and dealing with this grief kind of alone, you know, and and, in black, you know, tradition and family, we deal with death like a family reunion. We deal with trauma together. So I I couldn't see, you know, my mother as you as a lot of us couldn't. And I couldn't go hug my aunties and deal with and process this new grief that we were all experiencing. So I got to say it was traumatic. And I got to say, again, as as a black Detroiter, it was it was really Really hard to to navigate because we've we've had so much taken away from us anyway, and then to watch us be taken away from each other, yeah. you know, again in a in a very traumatic and final and physical way was um it was really painful.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that it, has it, it really
2: added out. to the PTSD of people, and especially in tight communities. But and fa- that family connection is where we have historically gotten lots of grief support, mm-hmm. um, and with young people. All of us have had many, many losses, but with young people where most of their support is through family, not being able to get that, and losing adult family members um, or peers, they're losing also, uh, they're grieving their future. They're grieving... It, you know natasha is grieving that sh- these uh, important people in her life won't be there for her major future events yeah, yeah. and for like 20 year olds if they're they're expecting to maybe graduate from or get married or have kids and these um important people in their life won't be there so they're uh, not only continually grieving that loss in the future, but they're re-traumatized because of the intensity of this particular, I mean, because of the pandemic. Yes,
0: yes. Okay, Uh, Natasha T. Miller, congratulations on uh, the work here. This is really remarkable, and you can check out Uh, The Science of Grief at the WDET uh, webpage, WDET.org. Natasha, thank you so much for joining us. And Bonnie Miller, or Bonnie Wheeler, I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you for joining (laughs) us as well. My pleasure. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. I'd like to thank WDET Special Projects Coordinator, Dave Lyons, for his help with building out the conversation about the Science of Grief podcast on the show today. Come back tomorrow when we're going to take a look at the life and legacy of Sarah Elizabeth Ray, the black woman who integrated the Bablo boat here in Detroit. I'd like to thank WDET Special Projects Coordinator David Lyons again for his help with today's show. This is 1019 WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.